I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics from personal stories to hot button issues. We cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hi, guys. This is Sue Smith, and I love scams. Hello, welcome to Scam Wow. This is the podcast about scams. I am flying solo today. Katie is dialing in, reporting from the East Coast with a uh, vintage TBT scam. And then I'm going to give you a little conspiracy theory to whet your whistle. And I hope you guys love it. And uh, what else can I tell you? Oh, there's something I wanted to tell you guys. Oh, oh, this is exactly what I wanted to tell you guys. I was shopping at an outlet mall yesterday, and I want you to know that outlet malls are truly scams. Okay, I went into an H&M. There's a place in um, in Anaheim, California called the Citadel, and I have never been to a scammier outlet mall in my entire life. I went into an H&M there, and everything is just regular price. It's not a freaking outlet. It's just normal. And then I went into the Nike store, and it was exactly the same. It's just normal. It's just regular. And then they had DJs playing and like loud music, and there were at least three DJs and a dance competition. And basically, that's hell. If the world ended, if there was an apocalypse, that is the last place I would want to die or ever go to again. I just want to tell you, so don't go to outlet malls. They're trying to fool you. They used to be good maybe when we were kids. I don't know. Like when you're like, oh, my God, J. Crew, I can actually afford a cardigan from here and I don't have to use the catalog, which is overpriced anyway. 
But now I don't. They're just trying to trick you into thinking you're saving money when you're really not. So don't go to outlet malls. They're scams. Now, Katie is reporting from the East Coast. She was doing um, a comedy tour for Scary Mommy, which is a cool blog. And then my schedule was crazy, too, where I was like doing a bunch of stuff and I had work and life gets in the way. So we're just phoning it in, um, literally phoning it in. But we did the work and there's lots of research here. And I want you guys to know that today's episode is very, I mean, in my part, these are not necessarily facts. These are theories. Um, they're not verified. Don't come at me. It's just stuff that I want to talk to you about. Okay, so here are our scams. All right, you guys. I love a good conspiracy theory, and that is exactly what this is. Jeffrey Epstein, is he dead? Is he alive? Was he murdered? Did he commit suicide? What is going on? I'm sure you guys are familiar with the case. You love crime and you listen to this podcast. But just to refresh your memory, Jeffrey Epstein is this billionaire guy who owned an island and was sex trafficking underage girls. So that is the gist of it. He'd been accused and convicted in 2007. And he got this kind of sweetheart deal where he, in Florida, where he spent 13 months in jail, but he could leave for 12 hours a day, six days a week to go to work. So he couldn't leave jail. Um, And then he still had to register as a sex offender in Florida, but no federal charges were brought against him. So this year, the Miami Herald did a deep investigation into what actually happened and why he got this sweetheart deal, which was given to him. The prosecutor who gave it to him was um, later became Trump's labor secretary. His name was Alexander Acosta. I'm not sure if he's still in office or if he has resigned. So this guy got promoted um, after giving this other guy this sweetheart deal. Miami Herald did a deep dive into like what actually happened. And this shows you the power of journalism, the power of like free speech, freedom of the press, people banging down doors and trying to like discover what actually happened and get justice. So he got charges filed against him, but they were at the federal level and not at the state level. So he was being held in Manhattan in the Metropolitan Correctional Center, which is the same prison that held El Chapo. And he was being held there for about a month. He had asked for release for homestay or like home release where like he got to do like almost like house arrest I guess he got to he got to wait for his trial at home um with private security guards and he offered to pay for his own security guards but the judge was like "Mm -mm, no way you're staying in jail so that's cool I like when justice is served so he was in the MCC Metropolitan Correctional Center and all this time that this that he's there, the documents from his previous trial in 2007 haven't been released yet. And then on August 9th, the documents started to become unsealed, which means the press and other media outlets were given access to them. I think my favorite specific from the unsealed documents was that one of the victims said that Jeffrey Epstein had a deformed penis and that it was shaped like a little egg. I love that. So that's like my little favorite thing. Another thing was that he demanded three orgasms a day, just like eating. 
So that happened on August 9th, which was a Friday. The previous day on August 8th, Leslie Wexner had released this open letter kind of condemning Epstein, saying that he hadn't been involved with a guy since 2007, since his last trial, and since these allegations came out. Wexner, as we know, is the head of like um, this corporation that owns a bunch of brands that are always in the mall, like Victoria's Secret and the Limited and those kind of things. And Wexner is Epstein's only known client. Like he started his own firm in the 80s, but he made all of his money from Wexner, I guess, allegedly. So this guy Epstein owned properties in New Mexico. He owned this massive ranch he called a Zorro Ranch, where he wanted to um, spread his seed and impregnate his uh, little girl sex slaves. He owned a private island in the U.S. Virgin Islands called Little St. James. He owned uh, real estate in Palm Beach. He owned a place in Paris. And of course, he owned a $70 million mansion on the Upper East Side, which was given to him by Wexner. So this guy is ridiculously wealthy. We don't really know how he got so rich because Wexner is his only known client and he hasn't worked with him for 12 years. So like that's some shadiness there that's going on. There's lots of conspiracy theories on the money thing itself, but I'm going to focus on the death. So these are the two pieces of evidence that his death was a suicide. So this guy Wexner comes out saying, hey, I don't like Epstein. I haven't talked to Epstein in like 12 years. Let me set the record straight. A. B. All these documents are unsealed the day before he dies. And one of them says he's got an egg dick. So maybe he's just so ashamed that he kills himself. Sure. Let's let's believe that. And and a couple of weeks prior, he had actually attempted suicide. People were saying he was depressed. I would be, too, frankly, if I, you know, had been a bad dude and everyone was finding out and I was in a weird jail and I was going to be in prison for life and I couldn't have my sex slaves anymore. And then I'd be depressed, too. So and then I would probably kill myself, too. So that's those are the two pieces of evidence that maybe he did kill himself. Sure. Okay. great. Maybe that happened. But there are more pieces of evidence that he did not kill himself and that we are being scammed by somebody. And it's probably, I don't know, the government. I think we're being scammed by the government. You guys, I've been reading about this on Reddit and the Daily Mail and Twitter for a solid week obsessively texting with my friend Sabria. She'll be like, did you see this? Did you see this? Blah, 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 blah. So I'm pretty I'm in pretty deep. In fact, I was investigating this and I was in a Reddit and they started mentioning in a Reddit subforum and they started mentioning Pizzagate. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm in too deep. I got to get out of here. So like that's when you know that you're like too far in the conspiracy theories when someone is saying that like there was a child sex ring in a pizza parlor. That's probably too far down the rabbit hole. But who knows? Anything is possible. I don't know. So anyway, here's the evidence of the foul play that we are being scammed by the government and Jeffrey Epstein either is not dead or was murdered. I don't know which one, to be honest with you. I don't know. So on 8chan, which is uh, an awful website, which is similar to 4chan, it is an offshoot of 4chan. So like there's Reddit, 4chan and 8chan. Reddit is like the most like mainstream forum kind of place. And it is a good place to like 
if I want to know anything about anything, I go to Reddit. And if I'm like, oh, what do people I usually use it for makeup, if I'm being honest. So if I'm going to buy a new makeup product, I'll go to um, makeup addicts and see what people think of it and see because they're honest reviews and people aren't being paid to say these reviews, you know, and I feel like that's the only place on the Internet where you get honest opinions. So there's Reddit. And then there was this offshoot called 4chan. And 4chan is not a good place. 4chan is full of like hate speech and shitty people. And then 4chan started to be a little bit regulated. So this another place called 8chan started. And that is a very dark, seedy place. It's a place for like white supremacists. What do you call them? What are we calling them? White nationalists, shooters, poster manifestos there. It's like a place that breeds toxicity and you should stay out of. However, I found this on Twitter and it's a post from 4chan. Um, and this was posted about two hours before the media picked up the story that Jeffrey Epstein was dead on 8:10 at 7:44 a.m. Eastern Time. I'm going to read you this post. And it's from a user called Anonymous. Not saying anything after this, please do not try to dox me which docs means like finding out who you are, finding all your personal informations and then sticking the internet against you, basically. Please do not try to dox me, but last night after a 415 count, they took him medical in a wheelchair, front cuffed, but not one triage nurse says they spoke to him. Next thing we know, a trip fan shows up. We do not do releases on the weekends unless a judge orders it. Next thing we know, he's put in a single man cell and hangs himself. Here's the thing. The trip van did not sign in and we did not record the plate number. And the guy in a green dress military outfit was in the back of the van, according to the tower guy who let him through the gate. You guys, I'm shaking right now, but I think they switched him out. So what we have here is a post from someone who works at MCC, apparently saw them change him, change cells into a single man cell. And then saw a van come in, not sign in with a weird like military guy in the van and then take him out, basically take them, take him out. So I don't know if this is true. The punctuation is it is bad, but like it seems very like visceral, like the person is very scared. Like you guys, I'm shaking right now, but I think they switched him out. So there is that. So that is the theory. They switched him out. So then I read a very poorly written article in the New York Post about a guy who had been previously an MCC inmate. And I'm going to read that to you. Between the floor and the ceiling is like eight or nine feet. There's no way for you to connect to anything. You have sheets, but they're paper level, not strong enough. He was 200 pounds. It would never happen. Could he have done it from the bed? No, sir. There's a steel frame, but you can't move it. There's no light fixture. There's no bars. They don't give you enough in there that you could successfully create an instrument of death. So, yeah, the logistics there from the MCC inmate and the post on 4chan make me think that something fishy is going on. Right. And then, of course, we had the picture of Epstein in the hospital on the gurney dead. And there's a lot in that picture that makes me feel like it's not him. And basically, we had the side by side of that picture. And then there was a side by side of Epstein when he was alive and people had circled. We saw the red line like photoshopped, circled the noses 
and the ears on the two pictures on actual Epstein and fake Epstein. So I think that the the person was fake. Like the ears were totally different. The ear canals were shaped totally different. The noses were shaped different. Um, Epstein's nose was like more ski slope. This person who passed away, his nose was was a little more curved downward. And that sure could be like swelling. It could be the fact that he's laying down. It could be blood or whatever. It could be all of that stuff. But the ears, like that's insane to me. Like the ear canals just don't match up. This is not the same dude. This is not the dude who was in that jail cell. It's just not. And also, okay, they're saying he was dead at this point. Why is his body red? Why isn't it blue or like, why isn't it blue or why isn't it like white? Like, why does it still have all this reddish color in it? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't look, I don't know. It doesn't look dead. I mean, how many times have I seen a dead body? Never. That's because dead body pictures are never published. Why was this dead body picture published? Like, that is crazy that this picture even got out and was published everywhere. And then on this picture, the photographer is this guy, Will Fearington, and he just happened to be there. Like he is a legit photographer and he just happened to be in the hospital. Like Fearington's photographs were taken at 730 a.m. just 52 minutes after we are told the call was made to FDNY. So how did he get to the hospital after the the report and take and take the pictures right away. Like that makes no sense. Like how is he there in such a shorter time? Unless like someone told him to be there and was like, hey, get this photo so that we can prove that this guy is dead. Okay, so there's that. The and then I have one other thing about the photo to talk to you guys about. There is this guy in the photo. So we see I have a series of photos. Let me count how many are here. One, two, I have a series of five photos, right? Two of the photos are of Epstein in the hospital when he's dead. Three of the photos are him being wheeled out of MCC. So as he's being wheeled out, there are two MCC security guards or correctional officers, and they are wearing blue polos and it looks like blue pants and with white shirts underneath. And then in the hospital, there are two guys that say wearing uniforms that say FDNY medic. Okay, so it's a different staff. And then the guy, there's one guy who is the same in all five photos. And we don't know who he is. And he looks like a military guy. He is wearing like a bluish green outfit, combat boots, cargo pants, a bulletproof vest, a big like military backpack, long sleeves and a hat. He has a badge on his left shoulder, but we don't know what that badge is. Like there are no close up, close enough pics of us to really know what that badge is. But that could be the military guy that the person on 4chan mentioned. A guy in a green dress military outfit was in the back of the van, according to the tower guy who led him through the gate. So that could be that guy. So what is this military guy doing with Jeffrey Epstein? Why is he going to? The prison like these are different and you know that he's not just a, a corrections officer you can tell he's not just a corrections officer because he's wearing a different outfit he's not wearing the same uniform as the people who are wheeling the body out from the mcc and he's not wearing the same uniform as the people who who are wheeling the body in at the hospital like this guy we don't know who he is and then so people on reddit are speculating that he is a private security guy 
Not sure who hired him. We don't know who hired him, but it seems like he is private security. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. So then there is a post on Reddit of um, someone analyzing the two pictures of Epstein going into the hospital. And in one of them, he has one of those bags on him, on his mouth. And the FDNY people are sort of pumping air into his lungs. Um, and the other one is the one that we've all seen with, its, with just his face. This guy says, medical professional here. Maybe I'm not familiar with that type of bag valve mask, but it doesn't appear that the endotracheal tube that the paramedic is ventilating into is uh, inside far enough to be in the correct anatomy. We see this a lot on TV where producers don't know any better. The tube will be hanging six or seven inches out of the patient's mouth, not making much sense. If you look closely, you can even see what I think is a small attachment hanging off the tube where you inflate the cuff so it stays in place once seated inside the trachea. This should be much closer to the patient's mouth. This looks like theater to me. So that's from a medical professional. I don't know who or what this person does. I don't know if they have any authority, but everybody is questioning these photos of Epstein actually going to the hospital and the legitimacy of these photos, like why there was even a photographer there to take his picture so soon whether he's even Jeffrey Epstein on the gurney and who is the military guy with him. Like, no one knows. We're all questioning that. So we have all this evidence that these photos are fake. Also, another thing that I read said that at MCC, there was only one suicide and three attempted suicides in the past 40 years in addition to Epstein. So the fact that he would die from suicide makes no like these people are legit this is a legit place it housed el chapo like they're not and and they're saying that both of the guards were asleep like okay one guard is like taking a little nap but like both of the guards are asleep for real and there's no camera footage of what happened like i don't know that is very fishy and i think we're being scammed by someone we're absolutely being scammed by someone and I don't know why. I have some theories about why, but I'll get to that in a second. Okay, the medical examiner. Then this week, we got an autopsy report from the medical examiner, Barbara Simpson, who said that this was a death by hanging. So what they're saying happened is that he hung himself from his bed. He had a metal bunk bed and with a um, sheet around his neck and like, I don't know if it was a real sheet or a paper thin sheet like the guy in the New York Posting said, 
but hung a sheet around his neck and then just kind of like let go and hung there. Like, how do you do that without the urge to stand up? Like one post I read said that that would take so long that your body's need to save itself would just kick in and you would start to stand up immediately. So I I, I just don't think that the hanging makes sense. So Barbara Simpson had said on Sunday, this was before the autopsy was done at all. She had said last Sunday that this was a hanging. So so she sounds biased that she reached that conclusion before she even did the autopsy. Like, it makes no sense. So then Epstein's estate hired a private pathologist to observe the autopsy. It's this guy, Michael Baden, and he is the same pathologist that investigated JFK, MLK and Michael Jackson. So but Epstein saying that the that Barbara jumped the gun, obviously. And now three Epstein lawyers have challenged this suicide ruling. And then this article, this this information is from TMZ, the paper of record. The suspicions on Epstein's team center around the three fractures around Epstein's neck, the hyoid bone and the Adam's apple area along with two fractures on either side of the thyroid cartilage. It is extremely rare hanging can result in three such fractures. The fractures are way more consistent with strangulation. So yeah, I looked up what the hyoid bone is. It's in the middle of your neck. I, I remember learning about this in like anatomy class when I became a yoga teacher. It is shaped like a U, and that's where the name, the name of it comes from, is that it's U-shaped. And it's very common in strangulation, and it's it's way less common in hanging. But it can happen if the person is elderly. I read that. Um, my cat is literally chasing her tail right now, like literally chasing her tail. Okay, that is what we have. I think that he, this is all fake. <laughs> I mean, I have no proof. I have no legit proof. But I think that the narrative that the media is telling us needs to be questioned more um, because I think that there's something more going on for sure. This is my cat chasing her tail, if you can hear that. And then why would we get a fake story? Well, okay, that's a whole other thing that you kind of like, it's very political and that I'm going to put some good resources in the show notes for you to look at and examine on your own. But basically, we think that or people are speculating that Epstein had ties to different foreign government that were involved in this child trafficking ring. And people think that he made his money. He may have made his money in a different way than he said he was doing by arms trading or there's a lot going on. So there's this very good article I'm going to link you to in Business Insider about this building on 66th Street which was owned by Jeffrey and his brother. And it's this massive building and it housed models. And uh, that was like the primary purpose of it. But they interview a security guard who says he frequently saw the Israeli prime minister there at that building. And he would know because of the security that was there. And he saw the guy coming in and out. So there's that. Um, So his helicopter, Epstein's helicopter, shared the same tail number, um, which is like license plate on a helicopter, as a CIA plane. And that allows him to travel freely without, you know, having his shit checked and searched. It makes trafficking really easily. You know, it's weird. 
this is some serious conspiracy shit. You guys got to get in on it and look it up and do some researching on your own and see what you... I don't feel educated enough to speak on that just yet. So this previous week, we had two stories about Jelaine Maxwell emerge. Um, if you'll remember, she is his madam who kind of like she was he she like brokered some deals and like brought him some girls and trained the girls and was like really responsible for a lot of the sex trafficking as well, allegedly. But a lot of people are like, why hasn't she been arrested yet? And we don't know. But we had to reports emerge about her whereabouts. The first was that she was staying in a millionaire's mansion in Manchester by the sea in Massachusetts. And the second was that she was at an in and out here in L.A. Um, and there was an actual actually a picture of her from that in and out. But people are saying that that picture is fake because behind it in the picture, if you zoom in, there's a bus stop with an ad on it for the film Good Boys. You'll see a red poster with the, the Good Boys logo. And that's a billboard and an ad that's everywhere in LA right now. You can see them all over the city. However, someone did some digging and contacted the advertising group who puts these ads up. I think it was outdoor media. Um, and, and they were like, no, we've never had an ad at that bus stop. So... People are thinking that this Jelaine photo in L.A. is fake. So, you guys, there's a lot going on. We are being scammed in some way. I urge you to dig deeper and, you know, figure out for yourself what's going on. There are conspiracies. Don't get weird if you get in deep. But if you reach Pizzagate, turn back because then you're in too deep. Does that make sense? So, you know, I hope I shed some light on you. You too can go on Reddit. If you go to Reddit slash the subreddit conspiracy, you'll you'll find a lot of these posts and a lot of these articles. I'm going to put some in the show notes for you as well. So uh, thanks for coming on that journey with me. Hi guys, it's Caitlin. I am so excited. I'm reporting from my kitchen, hiding from my family. They're all sleeping right now so I can like really get down to fucking scams. Um, you guys, this scam shook me in such an unexpected way. I am shooketh. I am shocked. I'm shocked at the obsession I soon created. I have spent hours on this scam and I might have to stop and then continue and do a whole nother section of this because this is just too much for one person. And Sue and I are doing both of these independently. So there's just like, I'm going to need to talk to my Sue. You know what I mean? Also, if anybody is well-versed in Swedish history, please message me, Instagram me, um, and just make sure I'm getting some of this right. I got from a bunch of different sources, a lot of them online, one old historic book that I now want to find and buy. Guys, it's a journey. So I'm going to start. Let's go. Okay, so guys, the story starts. The original con artist is Helga de la Branche. She's actually named Aurora Florentina Mangusun. Guys, I'm dyslexic, so let's just say it's Mangusun. She is from Sweden, born September 18th, 1917 in Stockholm. She died January 1885, also in Stockholm. 
and she was this infamous Swedish con artist. And she's very, very cool. She did this, as you know, I love a con artist. She basically attained a royal pension and notability and all of this sort of fanfare and everything by convincing authorities that she was, in fact, the secret daughter of King Gustav IV of Sweden and Queen Frederica of Baden. Now, it's not incredibly interesting, you know, just to be like, oh, she just lied about her age. She lied about who she was. But what she did that was so fascinating is that she told everybody she also was sent to a sane asylums and was slow and performed like somebody who was like kind of dumb and like slow-witted and I guess mentally challenged in a sense so that nobody questioned her and they were like, oh yeah, I feel really bad for this basically stupid alone girl. So she was able to get through a lot of her schemes by just playing actually dumb. So what she said was that the former king, Gustav IV of Sweden, and his wife, Frederica, got divorced, which was true. Um, he was forced to leave Sweden. We'll talk about that later. And he and his wife got divorced when they got forced to live in Germany because uh, Germany will do that to you. No knock on Germany. I'm sorry. <laughs> and Helga claimed that they secretly got married again in Germany and it resulted in her birth. And so then she said she was raised by his aunt, who's also a real person, Princess Sophia Albertine of Sweden, that the princess had taken care of her, and that when the princess died in 1829, so she was sent to an asylum so that her birth could have been kept secret. Now, the reason all of this is in secret, and what's so crazy, is during this time, it was forbidden to speak about the former king, that entire dynasty of Sweden in 19th century Sweden. Everything that happened in the 1800s was so shitty for Sweden that you weren't even allowed to speak about it or question it. So people in Sweden and in Finland just assumed she was right because you couldn't actually fact check. People were afraid to talk about it because it was forbidden. That is a con artist like goal and like dreamscape, like to have your fact checker be something verboten that you can't talk about. I mean, it's it's a gem. It's like files that were deleted. Somebody was secretly murdered and it left with their that doesn't make sense. But that's like all that's like a gold mine for a card artist. So she did really well. A British minister of justice um, and his wife were friends with her and provided her with a lawyer and helped her. Uh, she convinced the queen mother of Sweden, Josefina, to look at, into her interest and she gave her an allowance. And then the queen introduced her to the current king who said she just was normal like anybody else. So she convinced those guys and she was given by the king an annual pension from the foreign department of 2,400 Swedish Rinkstaller a year. Rinkstaller. So she managed to continue this story because they also furnished her with furniture and like clothing, whatever she needed of a princess. It was sort of insane. And it would seem it would make sense to somebody at that time because things were so hush hush. And apparently there was a lot of shit going down in Sweden, which we're going to cover. So the real story is that this woman who's going by Helga now was born Aurora. Florentina Mango Season, Mango Season, under the caretaker Anders Mango Season. And her mother was a poor widow with five children, and she only received a year of education in school. 
But it turns out that there was rumors that that mother wasn't even her real mother, that she was a foster child and that her parents were someone maybe in the upper class. Like everything was very murky. And so they aren't, haven't really been able to tell if it's true or false. She just grew up with this, I guess, passion to like the status doesn't even matter that if you're born and you're adopted or you're a foster child, you could make it on your own, which is actually the American dream. So she was made to a bookkeeper and then eventually she was employed by a wealthy merchant, Hendrik Aspergreen, and his daughter, Hendrika, actually fell in love with her, which is so great. And they had this kind of adorable romance. Frederica would dress up the con artist, Helga, Aurora Helga, in all these outfits, and they would spend time together, and they just fell in love. Then the women moved to Finland in 1844, and that's when Aurora changed her name officially to Helga de la Branche on her passport, and she also changed it on her birth certificate to Helga. And she reported that Aurora was drowned. So that's just, you know, if you're going to kill your former self, drown her. It's fine. Frederica was actually a school teacher and really smart. They actually opened up a school based on the fancy title of De La Branche. When Helga Aurora would be confronted with any of the parents or any questions about the school, it said that she would just like start fainting. <laughs> like she was just really good at fainting, which I have got to try. It's like a good way to get out of stuff. Then people started to ask questions. Basically, the royal courts of Sweden and I believe Germany were just like, what the hell is happening? This doesn't make any sense. Let's please talk about the pink elephant in the room, which is the shame of Sweden. In 1877, Helga Aurora did trial and found guilty of her false name, her false year of birth, and also tax issues. They say that she spent her last years with her partner and was kind of great and they would just sort of travel from place to place but she was seemingly paid for by a supporter so there's also like a secret supporter this entire time i'm wondering was it the queen mom who really liked her was it the king who like felt pity for her was it frederica's dad because he was a wealthy merchant so somehow they managed to live on they said she was like dignified and sad and that at her deathbed, she still believed that she was of royal birth. And so that's very bizarre and interesting. And in 1910, Federica of Baden, which is who she claimed was her mom, named the Russian czar as the guardian of her children after her divorce. So Helga technically would be entitled to economic compensation from the Russian czar which is all very interesting. But then Russia had their revolution in 1917. So that was all moot. So it didn't even matter. So maybe she was actually royal, but we couldn't ever prove it because there's nothing in Russia either. Now, this is what really got me. Why couldn't anyone talk about what happened in Sweden? I was like, I got to figure out what happened in Sweden. So the man she claimed to be her father, Gustav, was a real, real dumbass. When Gustav came into power, he was young and his father before he died even said he's just way too passionate and kind of stupid. Sweden at this time was doing great. Their paper money was wonderful. Their crops were great. Their resources, they were thriving. And at this time, Sweden, I believe, was taking over certain parts that are now Russia and Finland. And Sweden was just this thriving empire. And then Gustav took over and really kind of went to town. They said he was just very impassionate when make these rush decisions that 
caused a huge problem in Sweden. At this time, to give you guys an idea, the UK is the most powerful army, basically. Sweden, Russia, and France, and I believe some of the other European countries decided to band together to have an alliance um, to make sure that the UK didn't take over. Well, Gustav got real cranky and bitchy and decided like, fuck France. Like, I don't care. I I actually don't like them. And I read in some article that he was mad with a sister-in-law. This guy's like very hot and cold. So he decides he doesn't like France, even though they're all in this nice little powwow. And that's when Napoleon comes into power. And Napoleon goes like, well, fuck you, Gustav. And France and Russia join together and have a bunch of forces and basically surround Sweden and make Sweden surrender to them. So then Sweden lost Finland. They Russia took over Finland. And this was all because Gustav didn't take France seriously at all. But Napoleon was like, no, I'm an emperor. Like it's going down. The other thing that Gustav did, which was like very upsetting to read, is that he went through different tiny small wars with his people and would just kind of grab a bunch of villagers, round them up together and a lot of young men and just put them into trenches and make them fight. And at times they didn't even physically fight. It was just, they were disease stricken or the situations were so bad, the clothes, the ammo, everything was so terrible that these young men would just die. So it was just such a horrible way to lead Sweden. They were so upset money went down horribly. Like the Swedish dollar was just in the shit. They, the crops were like, they didn't take care of his farmers. Everything was going really, really, really badly. So as a result, his father's like former advisors and other people in the court got together and basically came to Gustav and was like, we're overthrowing you. It's done. You've really screwed it up for us. Our country's at at the bottom. We've never been worse. So Gustav actually in a really peaceful way was like, okay, fine, I will leave. But they said you and your entire family has to leave. So he and his wife and his kids, they all got exiled to Germany. So Gustav and his wife are in Germany. She's like, I hate you. You're real dumb. They get a divorce. And then Gustav lives in Sweden and Switzerland and then eventually dies of old age. They don't actually get back together. She really is not into him in any way. And this is when it gets even more interesting. Remember when I said that Helga Aurora, the con artist, was claimed to have been staying with Gustav's sister, Princess Sophia Alberdeen of Sweden? This sister is actually crazy fascinating to me too. So her brother's a wacko. He's ruined everything in their country. The book I read that I highly recommend all about Gustav and his issues is called A History of Sweden from the Earliest Times to the Present Day by Neander Nicholas Kronholm. Dear God. Um, It can be found at Cornell University Library. Guys, what is going on with me? I don't know, but I was very interested in what was happening with Gustav. The guy's a fucking moron, but he did leave peacefully, which I, I do appreciate. Okay. So this part is when it gets very interesting. So Sophia, who she claimed was the aunt she stayed with, this wasn't proven to be true, but Sophia is so fucking cool, you guys. Okay, so she is just the sister of crazy Gustav. And it sucks because they didn't really give her, you know, she's royalty, she's a princess, but they didn't really give her that much ownership. And she was just assumed to like follow around with whatever her brothers wanted to do. Her brothers and mom were like infighting and there was like a lot of arguing. And so she was kind of stuck in the middle. And But she was pretty badass. She would do things like support women's abortions and she would, in court, men were treating women badly. She would stand up for them. 
Okay, here's where it gets great. Princess Sophia was rumored to have a secret love child with Tsar Alexander, which is so great because her brother got fucked by Russia because he was a big idiot. And then she's like, whatever, I'm going to hook up with the Tsar. And he was so attractive if you look him up. So she had a secret love child. They named her Eula. Eula, short for a name I can't pronounce. And then Eula was brought up with one of seven children of this noble. And she was basically like a hidden love child. But apparently the noble woman also had an affair with the czar. He is doing everyone. There is just so much shit happening. So of course our con artists could have lied about any of this stuff. But also like what if it was true? Everything was so hidden. And then Sophie found out that she might have had half-sister that was an illegitimate love child from her parents. I, and I just, I love Sophie. She just like does it all. So Sophie gives birth to one of the mysterious babies. It could be one or two. We're not quite sure. But she gives birth to them in this special hospital in Stockholm. And it's a public hospital where women were allowed to give birth with their faces covered to mask and preserve their anonymity. Anonymity. <laughs> their anonymity. That is crazy. In the 1800s, women were doing what they do right now. You're just hiding to get by. Guys, this is so crazy. So back to Helga Aurora, the con artist. She picked this gold mine of a story and there's so much going on. But what if she wasn't lying because some private benefactor was still helping her out? So she, oh, really, I just was so titillated by this and so excited. And I can't thank you enough for, we had some requests for more historic scams. And so I'm thrilled to give this to you. Um, I'm going to give some links to this. If anybody knows anything about Swedish literature and history, please let me know. Now I'm like obsessed. Um, yeah. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, you guys, I don't know. Is he dead? Is he alive? You tell me. Email us at scamwowpodcast at gmail.com and let us know. And honestly, send us emails because next week we are going to read a lot of listener emails and play a lot of listener voicemails. And we want to make sure that we have yours. Also, our hot tip hotline is 347-509-9414. So you can always call and say hi and just like, you know, chit-chat. Tell us about your day. Tell us if you've been scammed, if you have any scam info. So yeah, I think next week we're going to do some listener emails. And then the week after that of September 4th, we're going to take the week off for Labor Day. And then we'll be back on the 11th. Oh gosh, never forget. No, wait, what? We come out on Thursdays. Okay, so then the week after that, the 5th, we're going to take off for Labor Day. And then we'll be back on the 12th. So you guys know what I mean. I love you and I'm so glad you're on this journey with us and I'm so grateful. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen. It really helps us out. And, um, you know, have a great week. Bye.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.